Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, brought to you by the commercial legal practice Aspect Legal. Now, today we are picking up on a conversation that we had a few weeks ago with Sophie Bartho, where we talked about the concepts of branding and rebranding and why organizations might want to consider rebrands. So I thought that it was appropriate to now talk about the top legal considerations that organizations really need to be bearing in mind whilst they're going through a rebranding process, or indeed, even if they're branding for the first time, because there's a lot of elements from a legal perspective that really need to be borne in mind before you start down the creative route. So in order to talk about this topic, I have brought back our resident trademark expert, Grace Yee from Aspect Legal, who heads up our trademarks area. You're listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, Grace. Thanks for coming along today again to talk about this area of branding and rebranding. Thanks for having me, Joe. Great. Okay. Let's start off perhaps with what's the issue? What's the issue from a legal perspective that organizations need to bear in mind if they're considering branding or if they're considering rebranding, any sort of brand development phase, I guess? Yeah, so the issue that we see, and we see it so often, is that when you're engaging a creative team, um, so your marketing team or someone who's helping you to come up with this new brand or brand, or even if you've got an accountant there who's helping to register a business name for you, they may not be considering this from a legal point of view in terms of the trademark elements. Yeah, and I think one of the really interesting things is that we get a heavy inquiry line when we're looking at new trademarks for new brands, whether or not that's rebrands or brand new businesses or product lines. We get heavy inquiries where organisations have already started in the brand development process without thinking about the legals. And then when they find out from us that they're running into troubles, they're having to go back and start this process all over again, right? Which leads to a whole heap of wasted time and expense for them. So I think that's really one of the huge issues that we really want to educate people about. That's right. Yes. If you don't really think about these issues right from the get-go, you're at risk of wasting all that money that you've you've poured into coming up with that name. Yeah. And and really the risk is that you're coming up with a name that's unregisterable as a trademark and also there's issues of possibly infringing on somebody else's name if you do decide to use that name and it's got issues. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I guess the reason that this can occur sometimes is that people are involved in this creation 
creative development, whether or not that is creative organisations themselves, whether it's marketing or other creative organisations, or whether or not it's, as we said before, just someone who is out there checking your business name register for you and registering your business name. So that might be your accountant or someone else who's assisting your business from that perspective. Mm. Usually these issues are created because they fall into this mistake of thinking that because there is a business name available, that therefore means that this is something that can be utilised for you for a brand. I think that's the first that's, that's the right. first issue, isn't it? That's It's this mm. misunderstanding that creates this issue. So maybe let's talk briefly about why that's not the case. Why is it that a business name might be available, but it may not be a good name from a legal perspective to progress with, even though it's available as a business name. So I guess fundamentally people need to be aware that the business names register, so ASIC's company and business names register, doesn't sync with the trademarks register. They operate quite separately. So you can have the situation where something is registered as a trademark, but not necessarily on ASIC's register. And you could have the um, opposite scenario, I guess. So, So what you really need to do is check both and you need to be aware of what's out there registered as a trademark. Absolutely. And I guess one of the other issues that we've seen over time is that people might search the trademarks register, but not entirely understand what they're looking for. Um, yes. Because the trademarks that register, in fact, looks quite simple on the face of it, right? But mm. but but that sort of covers a lot of complexity that sits under the surface. And, and indeed, we've had many people who've come to us before who think they've done a search of a register. But in fact, when we do a search, we actually come up with a completely different result that they do. Yes, because, absolutely. You know, when we pick up associated classes or part words or, you know, phonetic similarities, it turns out that even though they think there's, there's a mark there that they can apply for, they later find out that they actually wouldn't get a registration or worse still, that they might be infringing someone else's trademark and putting themselves in the line of fire of either A, having to change their brand or B, at worst, being exposed to being pursued for costs by Mm. someone who claims they're an injured party out of all of this. So, okay, so I think we've sort of touched a bit on what the issue is. And maybe it might be useful if we talk a little bit about examples that we've seen, Mm. because maybe this might be useful for our audience to hear actual examples, because we have a lot of these examples, right, Grace? Mm. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Unfortunately, That's it. That's it. That's it. And I'll just pause for a moment and say, I I think this is super important information for organisations who are out there helping organisations come up with names, you know. So, if you're an accountant, and you ever are engaged in registering business names for your clients, you really need to understand some of these risks. And once again, if you're a creative services agency, you need to understand this because your clients might be wasting their time and and they could end up really annoyed with you if you haven't been clear with them about how this process should really run rather than brand development, creative development sitting in and of its own, the important way to approach this is involving legals right from the beginning so you're not wasting money. So let's talk about some of these examples, Grace. What have we seen? What what pops to mind of some of the yeah. more recent ones? 
So one that I might mention is a case where a client did come to us and they had engaged a creative team to come up with a short list of names. And it turned out that the creative agency hadn't even done the most basic checking of whether those names were available on the business names register. So the one out of the list of five names that the creative team had come up with, our client had particularly fallen in love with one of the names. Mm. And it wasn't available as a business name and there was... Not even as a business name. Not wow. even like as the, a business name. Even the toll trademark issue. <laughs> Forget, yeah, they hadn't even done that basic thing. Right. And I guess from a client's point of view, they don't know what no. the creative team are doing or not doing. They just think it's all being taken care of. So it comes as quite a, a surprise to them to know that if they hadn't asked us, they wouldn't have even been able to trade under the name, yeah, let alone get a trademark. So, yeah, yeah. so that's an example where that was all a bit of a waste of time for them. And mm. and quite often, I guess, people, it, it is an emotional thing. They do get quite stuck on the name and they start to see themselves as potentially trading under that name. And, and it can it can be it can be a heartache to know that yeah. it's not available. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's a fascinating thing. And and the good thing about that particular example is obviously they came to us still when, mm-hmm. when they were in concept development phase yes. because we've yes. certainly seen a lot of examples where people have actually decided on a name you know, maybe registered the business name, started with printing off yes. all of their collateral and getting it all, you know, with the design created and everything, and then coming to us and then us saying, hold the boat. Mm. You're, you're at risk of getting sued by someone here, you know, yes. because you're too close yes. to, um, to another mark. And look, I think it's probably worthwhile, just one of the reasons perhaps we, uh, we're reminded to talk about this today in our podcast. I think in the last couple of weeks, we've had an example of a business who had spent probably in excess of $60,000 on brand development um, mm. and, and then came to us to help with the trademark. And at that point, we had to tell them that, you know, there was massive risk with using the name that had been settled on by the creatives. So, yes. And, and yep. now it's back to the drawing board for them. So that's a lot yeah. of money to, to throw yes. away. Yes, unfortunately, in that particular case, I'd actually had that conversation with them and told them ahead of time that they should, before they lock in a name and spend that money, they should check with us first and do those the right searches. But they didn't understand how important it was. Yeah. So mm, it's really important to understand. Well, we can now direct them to this podcast, right? So from <laughs> now on, <laughs> if you're directed to this podcast by us, this is why. We're trying to help you in that brand development phase because the reality is the legal checking isn't particularly expensive, you know, and, and certainly getting your trademark registered will be cheaper than any other part of the component of your brand development process. But it's just such an important and fundamental step. Isn't that right, Grace? Absolutely, yes. And we always talk about trademarks as being insurance for your marketing spend. And perhaps we could go even a step further and say getting these sorts of checks, you shouldn't even consider spending the money on the marketing to start off with until you've got these basic checks done. Absolutely, absolutely. And so any any other examples that you think might be useful just throwing out there to help people to relate? Because in the last two instances, I think, in fact, in the first instance you were talking about, I think that was an organisation rebranding. Was that right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. right. That was a rebrand situation. And in, yes. in the 
last instance we were talking about with this large spend on brand development, mm-hmm. that was a new brand, a, a new product. Or or is it, actually that was a rebrand as well. That was a rebrand too. That was also yeah. a rebrand. Yeah. And I guess let's start, uh, maybe we should go back a little bit and explain why organisations are particularly vulnerable when they're using yes. a new brand. And, and this is a new brand, whether or not it's a brand new product or business or whether it's a rebrand, so any type of brand development. So the bottom line of why there is that risk of vulnerability when you're using a new brand is simply because you don't have yet any use under that brand. So you don't have any goodwill to rely on. You're really relying on the rights that you would get from a registered trademark. Yeah. So so here you are exposed in the marketplace, you know, to other traders who might be using similar names. And, and once again, you know, it can be very hard to pick up generally organisations who are using similar names. Of course, your creatives will go through and find, you know, someone who's not using the exact name that they've come up with in a URL and they'll create all of those mm. things. But it can be hard just by general searching to pick up similar names. And that's, that's right. where we're really seeking to provide protection from the trademarks re- regime. Because whilst we're saying that um, this new new brand use phase is when you're most vulnerable, and indeed it can be most difficult to get a trademark registration if there's too much else out around that's similar. Trademarks actually provide almost the most protection at this point, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because it's that once you have a registered trademark in your hot little hand, then Mm. that's protection against organisations in the future accusing you of infringing their IP effectively. I mean, you know, it's not always as black and white as that, but basically having a trademark protection is one of the best ways that you can protect yourself in this most vulnerable period when you're using a new brand, as well as the mere fact of doing the search that go along with getting you the trademark registration in the beginning. And and obviously, the search phase is where we come up with most of the issues that our clients haven't been aware of before we've started down the process of helping them. So, you're at your most vulnerable when you're using a new brand. So, so Joe, I always say to clients, because I guess a picture always paints, it's worth more than a thousand words. And it's a concept that's really easy to understand. Your trademark, once it's registered for a business, really acts like a sword and a shield. And so it acts as a shield, and that's akin to what you were just saying just before. It protects you if you come up into a situation where someone is saying that they have an issue with you using your name because it's too similar to theirs. It acts as a shield to protect you, but it can also act as a sword because if somebody else is copying your name, you can then go and attack them with your trademark as you would with a sword. So it does have that dual function. Mm, yep. And because trademark registration gives you all the rights that are available under the Trademarks Act across the whole of Australia for whatever goods or services you've registered the trademark in, you don't have to rely on just your goodwill. You don't have to rely on proving the amount of use that you have of the mark, which can be difficult sometimes because it could be geographically restricted or it could be um, restricted to the amount of time that you've used the mark or things. It just becomes a little bit more complicated. So having the trademark registered is really the best way of protecting your rights in the brand. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And I think, you know, as I was alluding to before as well, the the mere search process as well is such a useful Mm -hmm. element for businesses when embarking on a new brand because it really gives you a lot of insight into what else is happening across the board in relation to a particular mark or what might be similar to a particular mark that just can't be found often in general Google searchings. That's right. Let's take a short break. When we get back, we'll run through some of the questions you ought to ask your creative team during the brand development stage. And we'll also identify the legal elements that you ought to watch out for to avoid putting yourself or your brand at risk. And that's next. I'm Joanna Oakey and you are listening to Talking Law, a podcast brought to you by Aspect Legal. a professional involved in business sales and acquisitions activity, for example, if you're a broker or an accountant or a business consultant, or if you're a business owner looking to expand by acquisition or you're building to sell your business in the future, check out Talking Law's sister podcast, The Deal Room. Together with Talking Law, these are now two of the top legal podcasts in Australia. The Deal Room podcast contains information, interviews and tips and tricks relating to the world of business sales and acquisitions. We love this area of law and thought it was high time we took some of our specialist knowledge and shared it in a commercial context, rather than just talking about legal stuff on its own. We release new episodes every Tuesday. You can listen to our episodes on www.the dealroompodcast.com or you can subscribe to the Deal Room Podcast on iTunes to be the first to know when a new episode is out. Just type in the search panel in iTunes, The Deal Room Podcast. Welcome back. Earlier we talked about the top legal considerations in brand development. Whether it's a new brand, new product, or a rebrand. We also discussed a few real life scenarios of what can possibly go wrong when you don't consider the legals during this vulnerable time of brand development. Grace then gave us this visual of how trademarks have a dual purpose of being a shield and a sword in protecting your brand. Now let's jump back into our conversation with Grace and identify the risks that you ought to look out for and the questions that need to be asked during the brand development stage. Now back to the show. All right, so let's talk maybe just briefly about what questions our listeners out there should be asking of their creative development team when they are having a brand created for them. Or in fact, if you, listener, are part of a creative development team or you're an accountant that's helping to come up with brands or anyone else that is assisting in brand development, what what are the elements that should be thought about? Yeah, so you should ask them as a basic thing what searches they're going to be doing as part of their service for you. 
And you should understand what searches they are doing and what they're not doing. So you understand where the gap might be. Yeah. And I think another thing to add here is we have had examples of creative organisations searching registers and not coming up with perhaps the entire picture because Mm. it is a bit complex. So I guess the other question is who's doing the search? Is it people that really understand what they're looking for from a legal perspective? That's right. right. Because doing a trademark search is a bit of an art. It's not not a science. It is. (laughs) It is. Which, you know, some people like our organisation have been spending decades still perfecting. It takes a long time to get good at it. Okay. So what other questions should be asked in this phase? Yeah, so so find out if they are checking simple things like the ASICS register to see if it's available as a company or business name and, and check if they're going to be checking online for you to see if there are other similar businesses out there with similar names. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, great. So we're making sure there's a trademarks search. We're asking mm. a, a proper trademarks database search. We're making sure that there's other proper checking, like, for example, with the ASIC business name and company name registers. I I think Mm. it's also ensuring that the team that you're dealing with understand what makes a name capable of protection. And if they don't, obviously, we can provide assistance as well. Quite often, we'll work together with creative development teams to help them understand what makes a registrable mark. Um, And if people are interested in finding out more about what makes a registrable mark, I think we've talked about that in some previous issues of Talking Law. We've talked about it back in episode 29, where we talk a bit about a descriptive trademark, so what elements don't make a good registrable mark. (laughs) Um, And in other episodes of Talking Law, if you go back and have a look, we've also spoken specifically about what makes a registrable mark. But maybe let's run through it just briefly today, Grace, just to give people a quick outline. Yeah, sure. So, so we've talked before about how a trademark to be registrable has to be sufficiently distinctive. And this idea of a trademark being distinctive, it is a legal test. It's something that the trademarks office and examiner will look at and consider. And so when a creative team or a client comes to us with a name and they want to know, is this likely to be registered as a trademark? It's one of the first things we think about. Is it sufficiently distinctive? And the sorts of marks that are distinctive are generally marks or or if it's a word mark, um, a mark that contains words that aren't descriptive of a characteristic of the goods or services to be provided under the mark. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. All right. So, and then I guess the last element after all of this searching has been done, after the brand development team have come up with the mark on the basis of understanding what elements make a mark more likely to be capable of protection. Mm. We've we've got a mark that everyone's happy with, we're happy to go ahead with. So I guess what's the next action step we'd recommend? Yeah, so then if, if we've got a mark that we think is likely to not have issues, we'll go ahead and prepare that application and lodge it with the trademarks office. 
And if people come to us and they're at this early stage, it's great because we, we've done the searching where we, we think it's likely to not have issues. So once you've settled on a name and it's a name that, um, that you're happy with, we've done the searches on. So we have a way of lodging your trademark application where we can get a, quite a quick response from IP Australia with an initial examination report. Great. Okay. All right. So we lodged the application. And of course, you know, I think it's worth saying here that the application process itself can take quite a while. You know, it can take seven months from filing or more to actually get a trademark registration. But one of the most important and critical elements is just making sure that you can actually get that application in from the beginning and that you get that initial response back from IP Australia to ensure that you're most likely to get the registration when it finally finishes progressing through the application process. One one thing I think it's important for us to throw out here is that we have seen issues raised from organisations lodging marks here in Australia where it's not been apparent from searching in Australia that the brands are being used here in Australia, but a trademark search or indeed an application has revealed that international brands have registered them here in Australia. So that can create issues too, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I guess that, that can crop up as an issue during um, a phase of the application process, which we should mention here, and that's the opposition phase of an application. And essentially, that's a two-month window after the trademark has been accepted for registration where anyone who believes they have a better right to your mark might oppose your registration. All right, good. So, um, and so once it's through the, the whole trademark process, then obviously you can then go and use the mark. You can use the little R symbol next to the mark, but you'll know that you have protection now in this vulnerable phase of the first use of a new brand within an organisation or or for a product. So uh, I guess any last minute warnings that we might have, Grace, for let's say for accountants who may not really have thought about this sort of process if they're registering business names, for organisations or creative agencies because we've certainly seen quite a few issues that have come in where they've been, you know, referred by um, the accountants or the creative service agencies who've had some understanding of the trademarks but they've not realised that in actually registering the names themselves before doing these checks, they're creating the issues. Yeah, so so something we always tell clients is that once you've registered the trademark, it's really important that you use the exact trademark that's been registered. So sometimes what can happen over time is that the brand might slightly change. It's it's always important to make sure that you're using the exact trademark to avoid risk of your trademark being attacked and possibly removed off the register for non-use. What's the risks that accountants or creative development teams are running here if they're creating brands or registering business names for clients, doing these sorts of things without getting the right legal checking done? Maybe we should touch on what the risk is for these organisations. Yeah, the risk is that they might be suggesting a name or registering a name or asking their clients or preparing a name for their clients to use that 
at worst can't be used because they're at risk of infringing somebody else's IP rights. So the worst case scenario would be that they start to use the name and they're actually told by another organization that it's too close to theirs and they want them to stop. Yeah. And it's interesting because we've had a number of marketing companies come to us in the past to say they've received claims from clients that they've developed brands for. And these clients have now received cease and desist letters and are holding them responsible Mm. for this. So, you know, and, and I guess this is important then to have this discussion with your clients at the beginning, if you're involved in creative development for your customers to make sure it's clear that you're not responsible if there's issues in the future in relation to infringement actions. And it's also important that your clients understand that there's other elements that are required to provide them protections. And if they don't go ahead and they decide that they don't want to go down the path of trademarking or trademark searches, that it's clear that you've offered that to them, you've told them about it, but they've decided not to take you up on it, just so that you're protected into the future. If something were to happen and they were on the end of a cease and desist action and they were coming back to you... Because you participated in the services. Yeah, yeah. You might address this either in a discussion with your client from the outset or you might even include this, make sure you've included something about this in your terms and conditions with your client. Absolutely. Good. Okay. Thank you very much, Grace, for coming on board to talk about all of these issues today. Hopefully, you, the listener, found it interesting. Okay, well, that's it for today's episode on the top legal considerations in branding, rebranding and brand development. Just as a quick recap, the reasons why you would consider involving legals at the main process of brand development is that if you don't, you might end up with a mark that infringes someone else's intellectual property rights or that is a mark that you can't register or protect in a period when your organisation is the most vulnerable, i.e. that period when you're using a new brand. And the way that you can protect yourself when you're going through the brand development phase is to engage someone who understands what they're looking for with brands as you or your creative development team is coming up with alternatives. So effectively making sure that the concepts that are being brought to you are concepts that you can actually use without likelihood of infringing someone else's mark and that you can actually use with the assurance that you're likely to be able to get protected protection for the mark. So you need to think about that right at the concept development phase. And then, you know, you can happily proceed with choosing your mark and investing money in that creative development phase. Once you know you've got a mark that you can actually use into the future with less fear of infringing others' marks. So the next step, as we talked about, is trademark registration. If you then want to protect your rights in that mark, And we will record a podcast into the future at some stage to talk more about the process because we've had a lot of people who are really interested in understanding what the process is and how long it takes. So we'll talk specifically about that in um, some future episodes. But until then, if you'd like a bit more information, head back to our earlier podcast. We talked about the 101 trademark basics right back in episode five. 
And there we talk about the reasons for trademark registration and how the trademark registration process works. All right, well, if you would like more information about this topic, you can find a transcript of this podcast and a whole heap of other podcasts where we've talked about brand protection and intellectual property rights over at our website at talkinglaw.com.au. And there or on our website at aspectlegal.com.au, you can find a way to contact our legal team at Aspect Legal, set yourself up a free 15-minute call, and you can chat to us then about any marks or concepts that you're thinking of at the moment. Aspect Legal also has a number of concept development services that we can offer you if you're an organisation that's looking at rebranding at the moment. We can also offer these to accountants and creative development teams and any other organisations that are helping to come up with brands for their clients or to register brands for their clients by way of business name registration. And those services that we provide are quite low cost, but they just help in that creative development process in order for you to be assured of choosing marks that are more protective for you from a legal perspective. All right, great. Hopefully you enjoyed what you heard today. Hopefully you found it illuminating if you are on the process of branding or rebranding or involved in any way in this area. If you did enjoy today's podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you could perhaps pop over to iTunes and leave us a review and hopefully you'll be back to join us next time. You're listening to Joanna Oki and Talking Law brought to you by the commercial legal practice Aspect Legal. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au.